Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. Of course, many of us are familiar with the Christmas story. We are familiar with Joseph. We are familiar with Mary. We are familiar that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And as we read in this story, we find that Joseph and Mary, they actually started in the city of Nazareth. They were in the city of Nazareth, and because of the tax imposed upon them by the Roman government, they had to go to Bethlehem. And while in Bethlehem, Mary gave birth to Jesus, and so there they are. They arrived in the city. There's no room for them. They sleep in a a stable, a, a pen for animals, and Can you imagine that argument that first night that Joseph and Mary showed up in Bethlehem? Joseph, I thought you booked us a place. I did, but you know what happened? They said they were overbooked and there's no other place and this is all that's left. Joseph, I'm going to give birth to my firstborn son. And Can you imagine that first day, the, the conversation that was there between the two of them? But what can she do? What could he do? They just had to go with how things were going. And while all this was going on, there are some shepherds in the field, as we read. And they don't know anything about what has happened with Joseph and Mary. They don't know them. They don't know any of this. They're just doing their job. They're literally on the job, just watching their sheep. It's, it's not a very high position, but it's, a, it's one that was necessary. And so there they are. It's nighttime. They're out in the fields, and and an angel appears unto them, and the Bible says the glory of God shines round about them. Can you imagine just being on the job, and suddenly what looks like a man just appears right in front of you, and a light is shining, and we see the shepherds, of course, they are afraid, and we know that because the angel says, fear not, don't be afraid, and And he explains why he is there. And after he explains it in verse number 13, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. If you will, you might want to say that the angels are celebrating this birth. They are celebrating this one Jesus who has come to earth. They are celebrating this one who was God made in the flesh. They were celebrating. And we celebrate a a great uh, many number of things. We celebrate birthdays. I have a daughter now. Her birthday is next year in July. And and you can be sure that with the grandparents and with us, and it's going to be a big celebration, that first birthday. And that first one is big, and when you, when you hit certain milestones, they're big. You hit the double digits, it's big. And maybe when you turn 16, or however old you need to be to drive, and there's certain milestones, and then after a little while, you stop celebrating them, right? They're not as excited to celebrate, and so, you know, birthdays are something that you might celebrate. Anniversaries, you celebrate, and, and uh, maybe if you have a sports team and they win the championship, you celebrate that and you might celebrate a new job promotion and there are many things in this world uh, personal to us that we celebrate for. 
But this morning, on that first day here, when Jesus is born, we find the greatest reason for us to celebrate. Bigger than any anniversary, bigger than any sports team winning any championship, we find this greatest reason, that which is most worthy of us celebrating. And we see that this celebration is explained in verse number 10. It says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. If you're familiar with the Word of God, maybe you've read through the Bible, or maybe you've read through certain portions of Scripture, and and you'll find that certain passages are easy to be understood. They're plain and clear, and there are other passages that are not so easy. And, And many times God has given to us the Word, but... He didn't include everything in what he recorded for us. And there are many questions left unknown, uh, particularly uh, if you look at the book of Revelation and you want to find out what happens in the future days and in the end times. Many people have different opinions and thoughts about that, but this was explained very clearly. In this passage and all throughout the Bible, we find it clearly explained to us. And we see the celebration is explained. We also see that the celebration is extravagant. He says, I bring you good tidings of great joy. It's a great joy celebration. It is going to be a big celebration. This is something that needs to be celebrated and celebrated in a big way. We also see the celebration is extensive. It says that I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. This is not a celebration only done for those exclusive enough to be part of some small club. It is to be celebrated by all people. Which means this, you and I, we can all partake in this celebration. You and I, we can all celebrate that which the angels were celebrating for. And in this passage, I see three reasons why we can celebrate what we call God's gift. Jesus Christ, who was born that morning, who came to minister, to give His life a ransom for many, to come to and seek and to save. We see that you can celebrate because God's gift is personal. The gift is personal. Verse number 11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The angels are approaching the shepherds there in the field. And like I said, they're not part of the nobility. They were not part of the wealthy. They were not part of the politically powerful. They were not kings of the land or anything like that. But here the angels appear to them, to these humble shepherds, watching their flocks by night, and the angel says to them, for unto you is born this day. Not just for those that had the wealth, not just for those who were part of the religious elite, not just those who gave to the temple, but unto you, humble shepherds. And we find that we can celebrate because God makes His gifts personal. To you. I don't know what your family tradition is or if you even have a tradition, but 
Uh, in my home growing up, the tradition was that, um, of course, we would buy presents for each of our family members. And so there's five of us. There's my mom and my dad, and then there's me and my two siblings. And so each year we had to buy at least four gifts for the other family members. And uh, what we would do in our home is as soon as we would buy the gift and have it wrapped, we would put a tag on it. We would write somebody's name. This is, my brother's name is Albert, so if I bought a gift, I might say, to Albert from Richard. And so I might uh, label it that way, and then I would put it under the tree. And so you never knew when some present was going to suddenly appear underneath that tree because you never knew when mom went out shopping that day or when when my brother bought something on Amazon and and whatever and all the different things and and so you never knew and whenever a new present would appear I would always go to that uh, that box that present whatever was there and I would look to see whose name was on it and I would look to see is it my name is it dad's name is it my mom's name and uh, sometimes when there's a big kind of pile of gifts, I would go through them one by one. Dad, okay, I don't need to worry about that one. Mom, and there'd be a big pile of everybody else's gifts, and I would look at my gifts, and, and I would shake them, and I would, you know, try to see, and I, I'd try to think what are the hints that I had dropped uh, to my brother and to my parents about what I wanted for Christmas, but... The gifts that were special to me were the ones addressed to me. The ones that somebody had thought about and said, I want to give you, Richard, my brother or, or son, I want to give you this gift. And God makes his gifts personal. He puts a label on his gift and he says, from God to, and he put your name on it. You might see a huge Christmas tree with presents all around, and you might look at all of the different gifts and say, oh, this one is addressed to John, this one is addressed to Jane, this one is addressed to William, and you might say, oh, all of these gifts are for other people, but God says, no, I have a gift that is labeled just for you. Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. What God here is saying is, I notice when every sparrow falls to the ground, every single one of them on this planet, doesn't matter if anybody else saw it, I notice that. And what God is saying is, if I notice that, then I notice you as well. I see you. And I see you in your situation. If you've ever been in a big crowd of people, you might be uh, lost looking for a friend. I remember many years ago, I was going to a 4th of July uh, fireworks display uh, when I was living in Seattle. And there's a big park there uh, named uh, Gasworks Park. It used to be an old, uh, like a gas refinery or something like that. There's a big structure there in the middle of the park. I don't, I don't know exactly what it was used for, but it, it closed down and they fenced it off and they painted it all or whatever. And then, and then they you know, cleaned up the whole area and now it's this big public park. And, and it's right there on the water near uh, Seattle. And so they have a big fireworks display. They send a ship out, I think, and they have the big fireworks display. And you go there and you, you set up um, 
your little spot to watch the fireworks, and I was going to go with a couple of friends, and, and uh, we all lived outside Seattle, so we drove separately, and we got to the place, and, and we're calling each other, trying to find each other, because I realized when I got there that this was a big celebration, and we parked maybe one to two miles away, because there was no parking anywhere close, and we had to walk a long way, and, and we're calling our friends, trying to figure out where they are, and, and they're telling us, oh, I see you, and I, I'm looking around like, I have no idea where you are, and, and I can't see you, and they're like, no, we're right here, and they're trying to describe where they are, and I'm looking for them until finally, in this huge mass of thousands of people, finally I see my friends, and we, we gather together, and you might think that In this world, there are over 7 billion people. How could God see me? There's a huge mass of people. Why would God notice me? But God says that He sees every one of you. He says that He has the number of hairs on your head numbered. He knows exactly how many, and he's keeping account. It goes up and down and up and down, and for me, I think it's slowly getting down and down, but he knows every single thing about you, down to the number of hairs on your head, which means this, he notices everything about you. He notices the cares that you have in your life. He notices the concerns that you have in your life. He notices the daily worries that you have every single day. He notices your successes and he notices your failures. He notices your strengths and your weaknesses. He notices your struggles. He notices you. He knows you. And he said, I want to give a gift just to you. And that's why we can celebrate. Because God has a gift and he put your name on it. And said, this is reserved just for you. We can celebrate because God's gift is personal. We can celebrate because God's gift is prepared. Verse 11 says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The angels approached the shepherds and told them that this is a special day. This is the day you've been waiting for. Because a long time ago, Jesus was promised. A long time ago, the Christ was promised. A long time ago, the Savior was promised. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6 says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The promise was made hundreds and hundreds of years ago to the prophet Isaiah, he's coming. But day after day, Jesus isn't here. Year after year, no Christ. Decade after decade, century after century, until finally on this day, the angels appear and say, the day you've been waiting for is here. It's today. Like I said, I my family tradition at home for getting presents was you would buy it, you would wrap it, and as soon as you got it, you would just put it under the tree. So if somebody bought you something on Black Friday, you had to wait a whole month looking at that gift, knowing you can't open that gift. And you're so tempted to get in there and look, 
maybe they didn't properly tape one side and you could kind of see what was in there. Because you can't rip it open because the tape ripped the wrapping paper. So you're trying to figure it out. And, and if they got it to you too early, the anticipation just was enormous. December 20th, December 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th. I remember when we were younger, the tradition was you open it on Christmas Day. Then later our tradition was let's just open it at midnight. And then we got older and we got, we're, we're too tired to wait till midnight. Let's just open it Christmas Eve. And so we would open it after dinner on Christmas Eve. We would gather around on Christmas Eve. I know I'm breaking all sorts of rules, but that's what we did. Because we wanted to get to our presence. Because you can only open the present on that day. The day that you get to, it sits there and you see it, you know it's coming, but you've got to wait for that day. And what God here is saying is, now it's Christmas Day. Now you can, or in my family tradition, now it's Christmas Eve. Now you can open your present. In John chapter 19, verse 30, when uh, the Bible says, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It is done. It is completed. It is finished. It is ready. It's done being prepared You can have your gift of salvation because the work is done. When it comes to this gift of eternal life, we need to remember it's a gift. There are no prerequisites. There are no requirements. There are no waiting periods. God says, today, your gift is ready. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You do not have to wait to take the gift of God, to receive the gift of God. There is nothing that you need to wait There's no building up. I don't know enough of the Bible. No, it's a gift. God could give you that gift today and you could receive it. There's no, well, I'm not a member of a church. I'm not a member of this church. You can receive the gift of God today. Well, I'm not not baptized. I'm not a, a, quote, spiritual person. You can participate in God's gift today. And that's why we can celebrate. We can celebrate because it is a free gift with no requirements of us. It's not like, oh, i I, I got to come to church every single uh, day, uh, every single Sunday for a year, and then I can receive the gift. God makes it clear that His gift is prepared. It's ready for you today. No matter who you are, no matter your condition, no matter your past, no matter your future, you can celebrate because God's gift is personal. God is a gift for each and every one of us. Every single one of us. And we can celebrate because God's gift is prepared. God's done with the gift. It's ready for you to take today. And we can celebrate because God's gift is powerful. We can celebrate because God's gift is personal. And we can celebrate because God's gift is prepared and it's ready for us. But it's just as important 
that God has given to us a powerful gift. And that gift is the Savior. Verse number 11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. God did not say that we needed a helping hand because we need more than a helping hand to get to heaven. God did not just say, well, I'm going to give you a bonus and add on to what you've already done because we need more than a bonus to get to heaven. What we needed was the powerful gift of a Savior, and His name is Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We needed saving from sin. I needed saving from my sin. And you need saving from your sin. And the gift that God has given to us is powerful enough to save you from all of your sins. You ever read the labels of the products that you buy? Most of the time, they're the most boring things in the world. But if you ever buy, like, hand sanitizer or any of those kinds of things, they'll say, can kill 99.9% of all bacteria, whatever it says. 99.9. But God's gift promises to cleanse you from 100% of your sins. Nothing is left behind. There's no residue that is visible. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. What God is saying is no matter how dark the sin stain in your life, my gift is powerful enough to cleanse you from that. No matter how wide the stain of sin in your life, God's gift is powerful enough to cleanse you from that sin. As you all know, pretty much everybody, I'm sure if you're, this is your first time here, you'll, you'll find out that I have a, a five-month-old daughter. Her name is Skylar, and she's uh, great. She's wonderful, and she's been a huge uh, blessing addition to our family and uh, she uh, recently started uh, doing something where uh, Esther and I, in the past few months, were trying to figure out what makes her laugh. And uh, she has these things where she really likes them, and she likes to laugh. And, and one of the things that uh, I did just a couple of days ago, she's still getting over a cold, so I think she's still not in the mood to do it every time. But I don't throw her in the air, but I, I kind of like move her up really fast, and I don't know that you know, adrenaline hit, like, makes her happy. And so I do it a bunch of times, and she might not be in a very good mood, but then she starts smiling, and then she starts giggling, and then she starts laughing, and it's, it's, it's just entertaining and, and fun and wonderful. And then I realize that my arms are getting tired, and she's getting bigger, and she's getting heavier, and, and she's wonderful. I love having uh, a daughter. I love having Skylar. But one of the things that I've noticed about children is that they're also messy. They're a big blessing, but they can also be quite messy. And uh, the mess that they make, it gets all over. It gets all over her clothes. It gets all over mom's clothes. It gets all over my clothes. It gets all over the sheets. 
It gets all over the blankets. It gets all over everything. And, and uh, getting uh, you know, those clothes and putting them in the washing machine, we realize that you put it in the wash and you pull it out and that stain is still there. So we put it in the wash again. You pull it out and the sin is, is still there. And my wife, uh, Miss Esther, she you know, talked to some different people. What do I do? And I think her mom had a suggestion. You, you do this or whatever and you, you stick it in uh, there and you let it soak for a little bit. And, and I don't know if that's going to work, but I realized that there are just certain stains that just don't come out, right? And you need a powerful Savior because you have a powerful sin problem. And you can take your church attendance and you could put your sin stains in there and you could try to rub out the sin stains with your church attendance, but when you rinse it and you look at it, you'll find that your sin stains are still there. And you could take your Bible knowledge and say, well, I've, I know so much of the Bible. I grew up in a church and I've memorized all of these verses. And you could take that Bible knowledge and rub it and scrub it into your sin stains and rinse it out and hold it up and find that your sin stains are still there. And you could take your being a good person and, and take that and apply it to your sin stains. And when you rinse it and, and hang it to dry and look at it, you'll find that your sin stains are still there. Because your Bible knowledge is not powerful enough to cleanse you from your sins. And your church membership is not powerful enough to cleanse you from your church stains, or your sin stains. And your being a good person is not powerful enough to cleanse you from your sin stains. You can take all of those religious activities and rub them into your sins. And when you wash it and you rinse it and you hang it to dry you'll find that your sin stains are still there. And Jesus has come to earth to say, you've tried all of those things and your sin stains still remain. Why don't you try my blood? Why don't you try the gift that I have for you? Why don't you try the sacrifice that I made on the cross so many years ago? And that's why you don't have to worry about whether or not you've been to church enough because you're coming to church enough doesn't eliminate those sin stains. You might say, well, I know nothing about the Bible. That's okay because you could accumulate all of the Bible knowledge and have the whole Bible memorized, but that is not enough to cleanse you from your sin. But what we find is that in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You take your life that has sin stains all over it. Wide and deep the sin stains are in my life and in your life. And when we take it to Jesus Christ and apply the gift of salvation to it, we will find that it will cleanse every single sin stain. And when you rinse it and hold it up to dry, you'll find that they've been all cleansed Because that is the power of God's gift to us. Without that cleansing, you cannot get to heaven. No amount of good deeds will compensate for the sin stains in your life. No amount of giving to a church will compensate for the sin stains in your life. No amount of serving in a church will compensate for the sin stains in your life. 
No amount of being a kind person will compensate for the sin stains in your life, but we can celebrate still because God has given a gift powerful enough to cleanse us from every single stain. And He saw your need for a Savior. And He saw my need for a Savior. And that's why He sent a Savior to earth on this day. That's why we can celebrate. Because we have sin in our lives. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not one of us that says, Well, God, I'm thankful for this gift, but I don't need it. You ever receive a gift of something you already have? Here, let me give you this, this shirt. Oh, I already have enough shirts. And you take it back to the store and say, I want to get something else. None of us can say, oh, I already have that. God says, I'm going to give you something that all of you need. And here it is ready for you. Because all of us have sinned. And that's what Christmas is about. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He sent his Son to earth, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And it's ready for you. It's personal to you. It's up to you whether you will take and receive that gift. Because in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. Anybody. You know why? Because God has a gift with your name on it. And if you go to God and say, God, I want to claim your gift of salvation to me, God will never say to anybody, oh, you know what? I forgot to prepare a gift for you. God will never say to anybody, oh, where is that gift? Oh, you know what? I didn't get enough gifts this year. No, God has prepared the gift and it's ready for you. You can claim this gift of salvation for yourself. The present is personal. It's just for you. And this gift is prepared. It's ready for you to receive today. And it's powerful enough to cleanse you from all of your sin. So the only question left is, are you celebrating? Do you have a reason to celebrate? Have you received the gift of salvation in your life? Have you received the gift of Jesus Christ cleansing you from all of your sin this morning? If you have, then amen. You're on your way to heaven. But if not, you need to. You need to take God's gift. You need to receive God's gift. You need to accept Jesus Christ as as your Savior for your sins. And that's why we're here today, celebrating Christmas, because of Jesus Christ and what he did when he came to earth so many years ago. Do you have that salvation? Have you received Christ as your Savior this morning? If you have, then you have cause to celebrate. If not, then you could receive him today and begin celebrating with us.